and welcome to the Galatia Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, and swearing. I am, of course, Nick Cameron. I am joined by my good friend, a man who never spitters, spatters, or sputters when I mention the genius of Roger Waters. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang, chakas. How are we doing today, buddy? I do not like this green eggs and ham. Anyway, what's up? <laughs> Greetings not from Maine. Oh, I am uh, still in St. Louis, but I'm in a new seat. As everybody can see, the records are not behind me, but this makes me a better podcaster because I got my screen on the right. I got my microphone in the right place. I'm right into the, the all the business. I put down a blanket. So as you can see, you got a blankie on the desk <laughs> to... Oh, I need to wash this blankie. I got a blankie on the desk to uh, to sop up any reverb for when I talk downwards, because I always look down to hide my gross chin. But uh, obviously, you are here for Tomb of the Mutilated, and if you would, if you are uh, excited about disgusting uh, explanations of body parts, you have come to the right week of the podcast. I will let Keefe explain all that because he likes that kind of thing. But. Uh, as we do this, thank you for joining us. Here's what we do. We do a quick uh, greeting, which we've already done. We do a beer check, a vinyl check, a news check. I got one. I got two quick ones that are Pink Floyd. And then we're going to talk more about some Sid Barrett after that. And then we're going to go into the meat of the day, which is, and I can't remember the title of this because all of the titles are about awful things. Uh, Tomb of the Mutilated, which the, they used the wrong covers if you really think about this. Tomb of the Mutilated should be the cover for Eaten Back to Life. But uh, I, my I beer, second that. I agree. My beer check this week is Third Wheel Brewing Hip Hop Shuffle. And what, is, and what does our good friend Adrock say? Nothing hits like an 808. In my Molson pint glass, can I buy you a lager, which I'm not drinking? Finger fudge poured down the middle, Paul, down the middle. And talk, Kiwi. I am baffled as to why I can't get... You know, I keep moving around. I'm on a trip, and I keep moving from place to place to place. This is the fourth or fifth week in a row we've done this from a different locale. And I don't have the speaker view back, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. But anyway. No, I, it's fine. It's I just, should master this oh, by now. Oh, <clears throat> no, we don't have it because there's no yellow. Yeah. There's no yellow. We I don't know yellow. what's going on. Uh, we Sorry. had it when it was important. We had it from Mega Rand, so everybody got to see me fish a little bit out of my drink there. So, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but I, I'm in Bangor, Maine, and I have been here for since the weekend. And I'm You're leaving in Bangor, Maine? Bangor with an O-R, but Bangor is also acceptable. Um, Maine is beautiful and, and super interesting. And, Are uh, you the bomb in Maine? <clears throat> I'm not. Because so, uh, our man, uh, uh, Spose, not even the bomb in Maine. Right. So I am, I just woofed down the least quality meal I have had here, which was Wendy's, a Baconator. I'm probably going to die during this podcast. But anyway. Can I, one piece of advice to everybody out there? <clears throat> Unless you are jonesing, which, and then it's fine. Do not get fast food bacon anything. Fast yeah, food steak terrible. is better. Yeah, for sure. It's terrible. It's not even couldn't even be called bacon. I have a beer though for my beer check. This is Gagan Brothers, which is a local Bangor, Maine brewery, and this is Captain Cool IPA. Uh, I'm gonna pop it like it's hot. You might have even heard it. <clears throat> and I'm gonna it finger did. fudge pour this down the middle into an empty Gatorade bottle because I'm just improvising. <laughs> 
Finger fudge pour down the middle into the Gatorade bottle. Let's see if I can get the whole thing in there. Can I can I ask you, are you just trying to one-up me on the pickle jar finally? I'm just trying to do the most ridiculous shit possible every week with you. Oh. <laughs> Saved it. That was uh, great. Just for the record, my beer is brewed in St. Peter's, Missouri, which is uh, urban St. Charles, which is ex-urban St. Louis. And it's brewed by women. So... <laughs> Hip hop hooray. This is this is a beer celebrating a famous woman ship captain, Captain Cool with a K, like the cigarettes. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Did we, we didn't even plan that. We didn't. Mm-hmm. When you are here in two months now, two months and a week, mm. I will treat you to the glories of Missouri beer. We are one of the best beer cities in the country. But let's move forward. I have a double vinyl check this week. Number one, and I can't believe I'm checking this. I probably should have just passed on it, but I'm not. Uh, Paul McCartney and Wings, Band on the Run. We were driving in the car, me and the kid and the wife, and Band on the Run comes on. We're all singing along, and she says, why don't we have this? And I said, give me my phone. And I went to Discogs, and I bought it. Uh, got one for us, one for the kid. Told her, told the kid, yeah, a lot of people don't like wings because of Linda McCartney. And her response was, why? She's so talented. And I mean, there is a kid seeing with eyes unclouded. I don't know, because I've never listened to it. But she, I think a lot of dudes in this world that love rock bands are really jealous about their uh, their, their wags. Because uh, they just want to be next to the rock star and the woman gets it and they don't. Personal personal and belief. Here's a good question we can't answer today, but let's just pose the question for the world. Why is Linda McCartney cool and Yoko hated? It's so clearly they're equal. In you think because Linda aspect. can sing? A little. A Linda, little. she can sing. It's in English and she's not uh, of no. color. Linda McCartney Eastman, who came from the Eastman Kodak family, came from privilege. I don't know. I really don't know. Not a fan. Uh, Not that I'm not a fan of hers, but just I'm not a fan of the Yoko hatred. I'm not a fan of the Yoko Especially after watching the Peter Jackson uh, Get Back series on Disney Plus. Uh, My kid watched that. You should. We need to do a series on it. Like maybe not a series, but maybe like a. All right, all right. Let's move along. Your second check. Check to Glenn Miller. I had that in my hand the other day. What? Uh, pl- plays selections from Glenn Miller's hits. So, I had that in my hand. At a Scott St. Louis Blues. The the only version of the St. Louis Blues I have is not play. It's a, a Glenn Miller graded hits played by some Danish band. So it was at a it was at a uh, a state sale on day two, which is half off day. So I think it was ten bucks, ten bucks or five bucks, two bucks. Damn, two bucks. Two bucks. I'm going to shut up now. All right. I have not a lengthy vinyl check, but a good one. So I got to go. I'm in Maine. And I got to go to one of the greatest record store chains in America. And clearly the number one record store chain in Maine. So cool. I have to show you the bag from Bull Moose. You really can't appreciate this beautiful bag. Of craziness. But anyway, <clears throat> I went into the store, and it's a wonder, wondrous place. And I was like, I'm not going to buy more than one thing. And I, of course, am bullshit, and I bought more than one thing. So I have several things. 
I'm not going to check the CD that I bought, even though it's really cool. I'll save it for another thing. No CDs. I'm going to quote Mike D on this one. Still listening to Wax, not using the not CD. Not using the CD. Except I do. Except you do. Here is, what well, I got two pretty, I looked at a lot of pricey things. They had a wonderful selection at Bull Moose. Shout out to Bull Moose stores. And um, I did end up getting two of the more inexpensive thing. One thing that's kind of semi-rare and another thing that was previously owned and used, but, you know, nicely, not too loved. So here is a repress of God Forbid's Determination, which I believe is their first album, <clears throat> back to 90. Oh, is the sticker on the record itself? It is, it is. I, I could that. I do, too. I didn't try to take it off yet. Everybody does it, but I still hate it. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Um, God Forbid has currently reunited with uh, four of the five original members. And uh, so it, it came with that vinyl. It's got a cool insert with, I believe, the lyrics and photos. And then I believe it's in a cool blue. Let's see what we're working with here. Yep. In the paper. So i got to take change that out when I get home. And here's the swirly. Ooh, nice. The nice, swirly. nice, nice, nice. I, I have a couple in that pattern. I love that pattern. I am on the road. And so no chance. And then so this is a little more rare. This guy, I really hemmed and hawed about buying. But I ended up getting this. This is some, some kind of plat. I, I really, I put back stuff that was... A little too pricey for this trip, but I was like, okay, I really want something. I got the limited edition color vinyl repress of Call of the Mastodon, which is Mastodon. You don't like them, but I love them. Mastodon's early releases and demos and EPs and stuff. My um, issue with Mastodon <laughs> is the best thing they ever did was cut you up with a linoleum knife. Oh, hush you. So, uh... Formerly only available on CD and digital, now on vinyl. Nice, 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 nice. Limited edition yellow, which is the highlight color of the artwork. So this is just canary yellow mm. color that I like. I put back a lot of things to get these two things. Ah, oh, that store would be dangerous for me if I live near it. That is my vinyl check. Hear you, hear you. Quick shirt check for me, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which, if you think about it, is probably the first movie in the series. I can't even comprehend what you mean. In terms of when they actually happened. <clears throat> sure. If you, th if you think about how it all went down, it yes. makes more sense that Temple of Doom happened before Raiders. Did, did you see the recent Indiana Jones movie? Or not? not yet. I intend to. I just have an issue with 700. I have an issue with Indiana Methuselah. <laughs> he is 82 years old, Harrison Ford. He was great. I loved it. Enough said. Uh, Panopticon, shirt check, long sleeve, ready to roll. Drinking my nice. beer out of my Gatorade bottle. Quick news check. I got a couple of Pink Floyd newses. Since there's basically three camps of the Pink Floyd, we're going to already do Sid Barrett, so let's get Roger and Dave involved as well. Roger and Dave, within a week of each other, will be releasing fighting versions of Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. Nobody's going to... When the Pink Floyd version comes out, no one is going to say who asked for this. No one is going to say, who is this for? This is the vinyl edition of the super mega remastered 50th anniversary edition that is in the mega box set, which people like myself will never buy because I'm not down with box sets that much. It's just not my jam. Um, the Roger Waters edition of uh, Dark Side of the Moon comes with a 13 minute rambling new track that was inspired by him redoing the old tracks. 
Uh, I got less interested. And the thing about the Roger Waters one, I legitimately get less interested with every note I hear. And the vinyl is $40. So that's a bit rough for something that I've already got like seven times. I have two versions of Pink Floyd doing the wall or, or I'm sorry, Dark Side of the Moon live. I've got the Dark Side of the Moon album, you know, the OG pressing. I've got, I mean, if I'm going to buy it again, it's probably going to be that remastered one. I mean, I don't know that I need a 13 minute rambling Roger track this week, but uh, also, also the album cover is horrible. It's so stupid. It has none of the majesty of anything Pink Floyd has ever done at all, including post Roger. Correct. And I mean, I will stand for Roger's solo records. I think his solo records stand the test of time. There's some squiffiness. This is not going to, I don't think this is going to last. I think people will be talking about this in 15 years going, remember that thing that happened? So I don't know why the release for the Pink Floyd version is coming out when it is. It feels like somebody re- set their release date in order to steal some sales from the other one. It's like, you know, grandma's buying Dark Side of the Moon on Amazon, <laughs> not knowing which one to get. Here's here's my take on it. It's I guess s- great grandma's. Actually, yeah. no, I take that back. It's going to be grandchildren buying it at this point. It's going to sell well enough that he's going to make one for all the 70s Floyd albums. And it's going to be sucky. No, it, no, yeah, he's yeah. he's seventy nine. Where the, no, the he's clock, probably already working on them. I'm the telling clock you, clock is ticking. I don't know. He doesn't seem he want whatever he can do. His last breath, I spit at thee, like Khan Noonan Singh in the Wrath of Khan. I spit at thee. Mm. He's going right. to spit at Dave every let's, breath till his breathing last. Let's move on to things that aren't terrible. What is this? What is the Floyd? Is the live right from the box N- set? No. We already have that. We did an episode on that. That's right. No, this is the remastered version on vinyl. They didn't oh, release it separately. Shit. Okay. The only thing they had released separately was the live version. Right. So now you can get both. Okay. And depending upon what it costs, I'm probably going to fork it. I mean, whatever. So let's move on to a little bit nicer news in the Pink Floyd camp where it's no questions about it. Keefe and I have been talking about this here and there. I finally saw the Sid Barrett documentary, Have You Got It Yet?, which is famously named after the song, the last song Sid tried to teach Pink Floyd called Have You Got It Yet?, where each time he played it, he changed something. So they never got it. I think he was fooling with them, but okay. He might have been tooling with them just a little bit. Mm. I think he's tooling with you, sir. But uh, I, I think I was a little confusing to Keefe when I was tweeting, when we were texting back and forth about this. I enjoyed the documentary. I had a lot of fun. The kid and I went. We were going to go out and get dinner, but because of the heat wave, I had to charge my car. So we ran out of time to get dinner. So our dinner was popcorn, which is not a great dinner. Uh, we went to one of our art house theaters, which does not have much of a selection at the stand they did have a beer sign but no beer so popcorn and a soda so my dinner was buttery and super salty popcorn she has not stopped complaining about the saltiness of said popcorn it's been a week and a half but uh overall i greatly enjoyed the movie it was what was really cool about it for me was seeing it in the big screen unlike most people 
I think in this world, I have watched 800 hours of Pink Floyd documentaries on, on YouTube because they are there. And there was a Sid Barrett documentary where they talked to like all the damn weirdos from that movie were in this documentary. They were all friends of theirs. So I had already I heard them 20 years ago. I heard them now. They are all completely nuts. There was a little bit more insight here and there, seeing meeting some of Sid's family. The the idea of one of the weirdos they talked to said, what would you say to him if you could talk to him one more time? I would say bring Sid back because Roger doesn't seem very happy. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I you I don't um, get the impression you care about your friend, but okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Right. As very pro Sid, which is expected. I did love the interview with his lasting girlfriend that was like in his mm -hmm. life for a few years. And she was like, oh, I never noticed anything off about him ever. He was sweet as can be. He loved me. He was nice. He was thoughtful. We would chat, chat, smoke a dube and chat for hours and hours, lay down and look at the clouds and shout out shapes and what's that one look like and stuff. But like never detected a, a hint of uh, dismay or unrest. And uh, I do find it a little sad. So having just seen the other Pink Floyd documentary about hypnosis, like it was loosely Pink Floyd related, mm -hmm. not loosely, Pink Floyd related, Storm Thorgerson produced and directed and is in this documentary about Sid, basically. He's one of the producers of it. And then he passed. And the other documentary came out that's also about him. And, uh, you know, so it's very interesting. And the other documentary is, like, very driven by discussing people who aren't here anymore, Sid and, and Storm. And now the Storm one comes out and it's reflecting on Sid. So just very interesting to me. Yeah, dueling documentaries is always fun. It, I mean, overall, if I were not me, I would give it a 10 of 10. But being as I am me, I would give it an eight and a half. One of the things I was trying to explain to my child was I go through phases of what I watch on YouTube. So right now my phase is organized crime. I am watching all kinds, like OC Shorts YouTube channel great he's english he does a great job he 15 minute little snippets talks about the guys in goodfellas i mean all that kind of stuff love it so she comes up and she goes dad why is it so much mafia shut up there was a time where i watched all samurai documentaries there was a time when i watched all pink floyd documentaries there was a time when i watched all pink floyd live videos to go to sleep to. i mean i go through phases like that where i'm watching one thing which drives everyone insane so i have seen I mean, these, these surprise guests to most people are not surprises to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember you. You talked about doing acid with Sid. You're being a little quiet about that this time in your old age. They, they definitely scraped the bottom of the barrel with everyone from Sid's corner of the world. People, like, it's very thin who they have talked to uh, in terms of, like, whether these people have a real POV on Sid that matters 60 years later, you know? My... my my complaint about the documentary was I was hoping for more post everything said, you know, rather than just talking about how he was laughed at and made fun of in his later years. It was real. Oh, one thing I did get some new information on was when he came on, came into the wish you were here sessions. I, they never, I mean, we all knew what happened. We've all seen a photo or two from it, but we never knew how it affected these people. Apparently, when he left, 
Roger Waters was weeping in a heap. So the SIDS problems definitely affected them. And it was a glowing theme throughout their entire career. Well, so uh, here's the thing, though, that also at the same time, there was a distinct discussion that Wish You Were Here was not about uh, not about Sid, that Roger said many times it wasn't about Sid. It wasn't meant to be about him to begin with. And then after he showed up, it fell into the context of, of him visiting and, you know, like then it just starts to like, whoa, it's too oddly, you know, shine on you crazy diamond, welcome to the machine, have a cigar. All these things are oh, like, like it, it didn't wasn't... occur to me that the whole, I, when you said <clears throat> wish you were here, it didn't occur to me you meant the entire record. The entire record oh. of Wish We Here ends up becoming in context follow so again, even in this documentary, friends of Sid's are like, I don't think the album was meant to be about him until he showed up one day. Then it all made sense to Roger. So, you know, maybe that's what sent him over the edge in terms of like recontextualizing it. But also for a long time Roger didn't want to have his opus. Uh, linked to Sid exclusively. Like, right. I think he wanted it to be a deeper experience, like all his things. Well, it's about, the wall is about me, but it's also about all of us. Okay. Like, no, it isn't. <laughs> it's isn't all about Roger. I actually recently watched I mean, The Wall with the Kid, too, and she didn't quite get it. And I'm Sid, so glad she didn't Sid get it. Even, Sid even shows up in The Wall he's in the totally movie. In the, he's in The Wall. Like, there's references to him throughout The Wall and in the movie, yes. Yeah. Um, so... Let's I question move. all your your choices as a parent. I will say that I give this film an 8 of 10. I think it, if you're a Pink Floyd completist and an obsessive like we are, you will love it. I think if you're curious about Sid and you have no basis for who he is except the story in the Pink Floyd lore, go check it out. I think it's very interesting to hear Storm do but the interviews. You're gonna get, you're going to get a lot of inside baseball on this. It's way inside baseball, yeah. But uh, if you don't mind, <clears throat> you go right move, ahead. Let's move forward now. Could I ask to... one question just randomly before we move forward to uh, the main event? Have sure. you seen the first two episodes of Ahsoka? No spoilers. I have seen the first one. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I have not seen the third, which is airing tonight, today. Yes, I need to. Uh, as we record I'm gonna, this. I'm going to get on it. I'm going to get on it. I'm going to get on it. Uh, okay. Can you hear an echo? I'm hearing a bit of an echo. I think there's a bigger – like this room is cavernous uh, for a weird hotel room and uh, – but you got headphones on. I do, but it's just I hear I hear like a weird. All right, whatever. Let's move on. So we're gonna go back in time now to September 1992. September 1992 is when it's all happening for death metal. As we discussed previously in the first two episodes on this series, this is the first time we've ever tackled a genre as it becomes a genre. When we discussed every aside from Black Sabbath, but I mean that was just us like you know. Uh, Pilly packing, Pilly packing her puds over how great Black Sabbath was for the first three records, and so we are now legitimately seeing a splinter genre. And in 1992, things start to happen. Not only does the track one, the romantically titled "Sentimental Tune," hammer smashed face, make it into the Ace Ventura Pet Detective soundtrack. Now, in 2023, Ace Ventura Pet Detective might not mean anything. When you think of Jim Carrey, you might think of this oddly weird Santa Claus Canadian nut bar who tells you not to go see the movies he just got paid $20 million to be in because there's guns 
Maybe that's what you think of. I could understand that. However, in 1992, he was leaving. 1992, 1993, he was leaving in living color and he was leaving a sketch comedy show to move on. I would posit that Jim Carrey was the only member of in living color that went on to stardom enough stardom that he was no longer Jim Carrey from in living color. He was Jim Carrey. So Ace Ventura Pet Detective is his vehicle. That is the movie that launches him. This thing is a massive, massive, massive hit. I hated it, but I also hated everything that was mainstream at that time. I would probably love it now. I would argue that Alex Borenstein is equally as famous. That was Mad him. TV. Oh, you're right. That was Mad TV. What about I know David, I'm right. What about David I'm talking. Damon Wayans is one of the Wayans brothers, and the Wayans brothers are in living color. That's fair. I went to high school with Marlon, as you know. Hey, I love the Wayans brothers, man. I'm going to get you, sucker. Great flick that nobody talks about. <clears throat> it's my bunions, man. It's my bunions. <laughs> about that 12 inches, it's okay. This hair's not even real. <laughs> Give me um, one rib. One order of ribs. No, no. Give me one rib. I show I am hungry. <laughs> one rib. We I love we did the one rib thing in my friend group for a decade. You have now, no idea. I I don't know that we could make any more of an obscure reference today. So let's move forward. I think we we've we've done a great job, gentlemen. So, and if you have seen, I'm going to get you sucker. Write me in the comments. Get at me. Seriously, get at me. So. But the big thing about this is not only is there exposure happening around this time, I saw an Entertainment Tonight story about the dangers of death metal and the mosh pit. And it was the first time the word mosh had ever gotten into the, the, the public lexicon. And it's such a strange and stupid word, really, but it is what it is. And we accept it and we love it, even if my back hurts too much to get in it. And I just like, you know, do this arm. I do the arm thing, you know, the get away from me arm thing. And um, as this is happening, bands like Carcass are now being signed to Columbia Records subsidiaries. Nuclear Blast is getting distributed by Columbia in America. You know, Morbid Angel goes on to sell 150,000 copies of Covenant around this time. Holy crap. Think about that for a second. A death metal band sells 150,000 copies of a single record. Deicide is popping at this time. Legion has come out. They're, they're flowing on that. Obituary's cause of death has come and gone. Death is out there. You know, the major players in this genre are out there. So now death metal, is it rap or is it grunge? It's rap. The powers that be as it were the powers that be the powers that be they have decided that this is a legitimate genre and we're going to put our money in it that's a mistake because you're only going to make so much money uh carcass a legend uh i've seen them with less than 400 people two times i mean Cor cannibal corpse i've seen them twice you know less than a thousand people abject legends of the genre this, there's not a lot of money here there's not a lot of fans it's too caustic but Major labels are picking up death metal bands. The Morris Sound sound now finally exists. Unfortunately, it's not on this record. 
but it is on other ones. And I'll, I'll get more to that as we get to the track by track. But Cannibal Corpse now releases their first major hit, as it were, which is Hammer Smashed Face. To this day, that is still the encore of the Cannibal Corpse show. Great track. Anything to add? Oh, we just went into the track by track. Okay. No, I mean, I, I, I'm mean, not. I, 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 I didn't. I thought I did. didn't, but I did. Well, you just you have did, anything so. to add? We can pull. Well, it back. I mean, like it is. Cut it, it is, Omar. Yeah, <laughs> cut it, Omar. I'll be back in New York tomorrow. Um, tomorrow night. It is an arguably the best Cannibal Corpse song, and I think that actually this is the record. I think uh, you know this is kind of a summary. But I think as a as far as third crucial records go, the third is always the one talked about in the music mm-hmm. business. I do think that they leveled up a bit. Uh, Barnes continues to level up and level up, and I think this is the first record where the drum sound matches the rest of the band. Finally, I disagree. I disagree. Aww. I disagree a lot with with everything you said is true, <laughs> and you still except, disagree, except the recording. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll get into that as we as we move on. I guess I'll get into it now. What um what I found about when I was listening to this record, I listened to it twice today. It, it's a great record. It is a seminal record from the genre. However, the recording techniques that were available at that time are not up to task for what they did. You know, the the double bass drums were nearly inaudible. They were about as loud as Jason Newstead's bass from Injustice for All. The oh, just for the record, Metallica out there kicking it. They have now played tracks off every record on this tour, except for Lulu, which that's not Metallica, so it doesn't count. But they have played tracks off all eleven records. They did Saint Anger. <clears throat> yeah, Dirty Window. Dirty Window. Mm. I think they did another one. Too. <clears throat> I think they've done two, but but Dirty Window. We'll, we'll, do, we'll get back before. to a Metallica news check next week officially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, but the and then the guitar sounds mushy. This is the last record with the original lineup, no? I believe so. But the, it's I'm just talking about the recording. When I think okay. of like think of the Bill Steer guitar tone on Heartwork, which comes out, I believe, the year after this. Think about those Bill Steer riffs. They are scalpel precision. Mm, okay and you hear everything and this record has a, if it comes out a year later is is i mean it's classic already don't mm. don't misunderstand but i think it becomes the top of the pops in the genre just it almost is anyway it almost is but this is why mm-hmm. live death metal is so much better than studio at this, it took a long time. time to me the first actual just like honestly the first actual album that i enjoyed listening to not this song quality i'm talking about the sonics mm-hmm. was probably either human by death or uh focus by uh cynic mine was um oh god the single from covenant uh the first single not sworn to the black not oh my god Death metal in the camera and everybody. Death metal. Oh, the uh, that's just me whispering, and I can do it for real too. Uh, I gotta look this up because it's. I love that song. 
And uh, I'm going to point out, I missed the Morbid Angel 20th anniversary of Covenant. I'm sorry, 30th anniversary, no, 25th anniversary of Covenant. I went, oh, I'm broke. I'll get him next time. Yeah, David uh, David Vincent was out of the band again. So don't uh, don't pass on your heroes when they're going to play your whole favorite record, boys. That's uh, that's my suggestion. Uh, it's not Pain Divine. It is. This is great podcasting. This is the best podcasting ever. Uh, Rapture. Rapture by Morbid Angel. That is the first truly sonically amazing death metal track I heard, followed by Heartwork. That's fair. That's fair enough. Fair enough, buddy. Um, I love Morbid Angel records. I'm not the hugest Morbid Angel stan. They are great, though. Won't we I, have... I'm a stan for that record. That record you love. Yeah, that's true. Um, I find everything else they've done, <clears throat> they're a little like Sepultura. They have this one record that just makes every part of you stand on end. And they've got other records, too. Mm. Damn it. Uh, anyway. Does it cut? Does it hurt? Because it's true? No. It, it, I'm going to hurt you because it's true. Uh, what do you... Okay, Millie. What do you... I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I don't know what to say. This record, you know legitimize them as the best band in the genre basically completely i uh, mean sorry apo- apologies to to uh your beloved glenn benton and apologies to death but like this record put them over not be not just because it's sold not just because of ace ventura it, it didn't bring in new people who never heard death metal before and make them into death metal fans it gave metalheads something to be like look at us breaking into the pop culture no, in a way I, that's I not the black album I think it did both of those things. Yeah, a little bit. I think it did bring in some fans because Jim Carrey had never heard death metal before that. He, I think that's there's a lot. That's what he said. I, I mean, think it's what he said on Arsenio. He's Canadian. He's trying to be funny Canadians and be like, look at lie. the contradiction in terms that I'm a straight-laced white guy and then I have this death metal band in my movie. Like, I think that's amusing to him. And I don't think I don't think I don't think, I don't think he's as big a fan as he made himself out to be. Even though he's now working with Paul Masvidal is his best friend, and they work together on music, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right. Santa Claus doing some death metal, saying don't watch my gun movies, mm-hmm. which was Sonic the Hedgehog, I'm going to point out. Of Sonic all things. The... Yeah. I did not see Sonic the Hedgehog. I didn't all either. Right. I don't care about that game or movie. I never thought the game was all that great. Yeah. I, and, I, and I'm a Sega state. I'm still waiting for the Qbert movie. Where's the Qbert movie and the Frogger movie? If I don't see those movies, I don't you want to see. Q, you, you want a Qbert movie? I want Qbert to get a movie. Just watch any Eddie Murphy movie from oh. the early 80s and you've got Qbert. Yo. <sighs> Trading Places comes to mind. Trading Places Murphy are 48 left. hours. That's Qbert. My girl wants to party all the time. Anyway, greatest oh. album. Maybe the greatest uh, album ever. We kind of you know need to do Eddie you know Murphy said, as a chaser. You know what he said about that record <clears throat> when he was recording it? He's doing the video. He's like, I'm going to fight, right? I'm supposed to fight. Because he didn't know what the hell to do with this serious straight music. He thought he was supposed to fart. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, if you don't mind, let's just crush the track by track. Crushing the track by track. We already All talked. All right. To- we will trade off on titles because neither one of us wants to say these i'll do things. all the titles i love the titles i love this is right, right up my alley you, 
You hit it. I'll spare you the indignity of having to say these words out loud and answer to your wife later. You can just give the feedback on them. Um, We already talked about Hammer Smash Face, but it is inarguably the most popular song by the band. The EP came out a year later with a radio edit, which I bet they regret now. Uh, Metal Blade say nothing short of a masterful marketing job getting capitalizing on, on the success of the song and the movie. But uh, it is a great track to kick the record off with, and it is maybe the greatest, arguably the greatest song by the band. Completely agree. Nah, no notes on the song. You came, you saw, you conquered. It could have been recorded better, but I already discussed that. Just you know, go ahead and assume I say that about every the song on this record. Speaking yeah. speaking of, I came, I come blood. Hang on, I wasn't song. done. I, wasn't I thought done. you were. I had such a good segue ready. Come on. Don't rip me off. That's that's a DMA thing. No, uh, that's my DMA thing. So the one thing I wanted to say was on the EP they released, they did a cover of Black Sabbath's Zero the Hero, which I think is the only cover of anything from that record by anyone ever. I think a few people have covered that song, but you're not wrong. It's the only good track on that record. I love that record, but like I don't. It's uh, not I, have really, it. I don't love it. Shouldn't be. But that is a great song, and they did a great cover of it. They did. I yield my time. You give back your time. So I Come Blood is next, and it's about shooting blood out of your cock, as Corpse Grinder says every show. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I've seen him say that, and he gets off on saying that. He loves to say it. And then he says, then he asks, you know, who likes that? And then he gives people bottles of water. Mm. The difference is when you see Carcass, Jeff Fisher gives you beer. That's true. Did you see... Uh... Not to make this about Corpse Grinder, who's coming up soon in an episode, but uh, he donated he donated an entire haul of plushy animals. Seven like bags. Seven bags of plushies. To, he got like a uh, certificate from the hospital. Children's hospital in Florida. Mm-hmm. I showed this to my wife and I go, look at this. Look at this man. This musician, this metal guy. This She goes, oh. I go, that's fucking Corpse Grinder. And she goes, "That's I'm sorry, that's who? <laughs> he is adorable. Plays Dungeons he and Dragons. Adorable. He loves Star Wars. Look, I mean, the thing about <clears> the, <throat> these metal guys, uh, I did a, a series on Glacier Musical on when it was a going blog called Meowdle, where, and I did all kinds of series just to get these metal guys, these scary guys, mm. to talk about their ridiculous stuff. So, I mean, I have like these metal dudes holding kittens, and I just think it's adorable. And I mean, Metal, I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but metal is a great way of just understanding our feelings at one time and blowing them up. You know who, you know what, though? No one has ever heard about any story about Chris Barnes and said, oh, never, uh, never in that guy's life. Oh, there uh, it is. Is this, is this the band finally? Yeah. Have you, have, have you any more thoughts on I Come Blood? No. Happy as to hear a it. song. Can't, can't wait to hear it again next time I see him. There you go. Uh, are you ready to move on? Shall we do the Moving. third track, Addicted to Vaginal Skin? Uh, well, you know what? I understand that feeling. Yeah. And I love the, uh, is it Ed Gein is the quote in the beginning? Uh, it is not Ed Gein. Is it Edmund it is... Kemper? Uh, Somebody horrible. Uh, go ahead and talk. It. I'll, I'll find yeah, it. it's, we should have had that open. But yeah, it's uh, there's a sample. Uh, it could be someone nefarious. Arthur Shawcroft. Oh, Ar- Arthur Shawcroft is like the first cannibal. Oh, the Genesee River Killer. The Genesee River Killer. Which Genesee River, I assume, provides the water for Genesee beer, 
which is in Rochester, which is just outside of Buffalo. Right near Buffalo. That's correct, sir. And Genesee Bach is amazing. I will try it out. I'm not a Bachy person. Uh, another tech death. Truly, this is their first technical death metal record, honestly. Um, it, it's it's uh, much more complex riffs and bass uh, parts. This is one song. They never come out of the set list. These three songs never have been out of the set list for Cannibal, ever. Um it's pretty it's pretty special for a crazy song the majority of the song is about like uh like extreme necrophiliaism necrophiliacs and cannibalism which i guess you know it's their barnes is you know he kept leveling up the the grotesqueries and the uh violence and that's the implied violence toward women i think this is a guy who has rarely talked to a woman in his whole life let alone be a threat to one certainly george is a family man and is not a threat to women but uh you know, most of them are married with children, actually, in the band. Later, this kind of stuff becomes porno grind. So I get it. And I mean, an- <laughs> another good song. It's yeah. the recording lets it down. The one thing they did get right is that death metal snare drum sound. Oh, yes. Paul and is it's... incredible. Paul really almost doesn't get somehow Paul is the underrated guy in this band. And it doesn't make any sense because he is. One of the greats of the genre, but he just doesn't get mentioned when you have lyrics, lyrical genius like these songs and great vocals and incredible guitars. You just don't you mention the drums I, I unless you're a drummer. They used more imagination than Kirkus, who at this point in time is just, well, no, is just now left their era where they mm. read autopsies. Right, right. So, um, Yeah, I have no other thoughts. How about you? Nope, I'm good. Moving on. The next track on this album is the tamest album title. Oh, sorry, the tamest song title. Split Wide Open, boring by comparison to all these other names, no? Yeah, in, in 1984, that's terrifying. And on this record, it's... Like, mm, eh. yeah. Song's yeah. good, good song. Songs, song is good. There's this, this is a really strong record. This is the their best time. record so far, in my opinion. Just to shoot uh, my load right away. Uh, my load of coming blood right away. Oh, uh, wow. We haven't even gotten to track eight yet. No, we're getting there. I can't wait. I can't, All right. I can't wait. Let's say the next title. I this next title to. is horrific. As so is the song, Necropedophile. Jesus, oh, Jesus Christmas Christ. Christ on a bike. <sighs> Why? Why? Yeah, like they never wrote these song titles or albums with. Uh, you know what's YouTube. fun? Listening to these without knowing what he's saying. Mm. Uh, again, we're thumping, we're thudding. I can't hear the drums real well. Right, it's mushy. It's it's, it's more of it's, an OSDM track, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's a mushy. The whole record is mushy. Okay, you've spoken. The second tamest song title award goes to the Cryptic Stench. Could be anything. That is not tame. I think it's pretty tame. Cryptic stench. Okay. It's not a stench, like cryptic or stench, which is the word that is wild and crazy to you. When you like put a, them together, it's 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 like it's like Reese's peanut butter cups. I guess. I don't know. A, a stench and you don't know what it is. That mm-hmm. that's no. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> I'm gonna take my headphones off. <laughs> You say the Nick. The Nick doesn't want to be associated with this part of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Are off. I'm going to use my NPR voice and say that the next song on the album is "Entrails Ripped from a Virgin's Cunt." Thank oh, you very much. God, tap out. Cunt, my ah. favorite word. Um, 
This is I, I only know the word cunt because it was my dad's nickname for my mom. I don't know why. I thought it was a term of endearment until later oh, on in life. Um, but anyway, entrails ripped from a virgin's cunt. That sounds like a serial a killer origin story. Horrible. Yeah, it is. I mean, he definitely could have been a serial killer. He surely would have killed hookers that he had been with. Um, oh, Entra- my God. Cunt, I'm just going to keep saying it over and over. Is an amazing title. The song I wish was as good as the title. It's a good song. It's not a great song on this I, album. I'm at the point of the record where it's squiffy because the recording does not give me all that it is. I think if the recording is better, it's not squiffy. If Cannibal Corpse Today does an obituary and does live versions of the classic records, I think we have a 10 times better record. Maybe. I don't want Cannibal Corpse to re-record a whole album, but if they did, this would be the one. Um, Track nine. Post-mortal ejaculation. So much to unbox in that song. I don't want to unpack any of that. (laughs) It's about zombies coming. Anyway, I don't know, I guess. Um, Or dead, dead, the dead coming. I don't know. Um, At a certain point, these song titles are better than the songs. But it's yeah. it's a pretty good. The end of the record is pretty strong. Uh, uh, oh, here actually is the the tamest track beyond the song. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah, the actual tamest track. I mean, why even put that on? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it is a good. It is a great song. Actually, it's a very good. It quote. They start. They yes. played it live for quite a while. Some of these other songs never made it to the live set, but the, that one did. Um, it's a pretty it's a pretty intense record. It's over pretty quick. There's no song longer than uh, the last track, which is almost five minutes. But really, it's a pretty short record total. It's the same length as the first two. 34, 34, 35, 35 yeah. which I think 34, 35 is the right number for death metal. That's probably true. You know, uh, Morbid Angels Covenant is 40. Legion is 30. You know, you get into that 30 to 40 sweet spot. <clears throat> yeah, that's not because, unfair. Especially at this time, the recording process, the recording procedures. Oh, no, I am missing. The recording The recording has not made it to... Come on, computer. There we go. The recording hasn't made it up to... Has not... Uh, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to dip my balls in it. Oh, Speaking of which, the state... Starting their first ever tour, dipping balls and breaking hearts. I don't even know what to say to that. I guess are they coming to St. Louis at a time we could both? No, go? they're playing in New York and Denver. Son of a bitch! All right, I know. Uh, any other thoughts on this album and this mess of like Chris Barnes' piece de resistance of song titling? Uh, I feel like he's never going to top this. So hopefully he hasn't. I think he it. didn't top this record because honestly, the next record. Spoiler alert. I don't think the next record's as good as this record musically or Barnes wise. So that's maybe why he's out after that. But like, I do think this is an incredible record, despite all the cringe factor almost makes it more incredible. Gave them intense credibility. Well, that was the point. The cringe factor that that's, that's the point. It's supposed to like make you go, Ew, look what I'm listening to. What's this song called? And then you tell your mom that and she slaps you and puts a cigarette out in your mouth. Right. 
These are maybe 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 just in my house. Yeah, these are the Jesus. These are the musical. Your mom and my dad. These are the musical. No, my mom wasn't that bad. These are the musical equivalents of uh, horror movies, right? The song title songs. No, this is horror movies when you're on meth. Yeah, well, (sighs) I think I think some meth addicts made my dinner tonight. We'll see how I do in the morning. Is what it is. Who's turn to take us out? I don't remember. It could be me. I'll go with you. Okay. You're better at it than me. You think so? I do. I get uh, like tripped up and I don't know when to I, stop. I don't think so. I think you are better. I, I'll do. I'll find. No, I'll I mean, play. I'll do it, but no, like, I think no. you're better than me. No, I demand. Oh, well then. Okay. I'm just going to drink my beer out of this Gatorade bottle and you take us home, Bocephus. <laughs> As we arrive at the end of another week of the Galatian Musical Podcast and Video YouTube extreme again, Extravaganza Hoppy Hour on the internet. Thank you very much for joining us. I am humbled each week that somebody of the quality of Keepy Chakas is willing to spend time with me while I hem and haw about death metal song titles because they scare me. If you have made it this far, thank you very much. You can follow Ghost Cult Mag at ghostcultmag.com at ghostcultmag underscore ghostcultmag, ghostcultmag everywhere, except maybe threads, which I don't think he's on yet. I am. You can catch me at glacially underscore musical at most of the things. And I appreciate that. Hit me on Facebook, Instagram, the Twitters, because I won't say X. Fuck that noise. We don't just for the record, we do not blast you with ads. We do not ask you for Venmo money. I'm not doing any any donation things. So if you could do the one simple thing, one of two or three simple things, like and subscribe or write a review. This is a small content creator show. Small content creators need the most help. You don't need to give Joe Rogan, fuck that guy, spitting chiclets, don't care about them, or, you know, as much as I love them, stuff you should know. They don't need you. You've probably reviewed all of them if you listen to them. Give us a review. Give us a subscribe. Share one of the links when you see them. That is the best thing you can do for us. And I would greatly appreciate that. As every week, I say when it's my turn, thank you, Keefe, for coming with me on this journey every week. Thank you, listeners, for listening. I know there's about 18 million podcasts out there in the world. And the fact that you've chosen to listen to us is humbling and awesome. And as we say every week at this time, this is the Glacier Musical Podcast. It doesn't play in Peoria. Please donate some money to us or next week we're going to blast you with ads.